podcast has bad words. <laughs> Hello, Patreon. This is for the true fans. What's up, true fans? All four of them. And now you and I are both mm-hmm. signed up as true fans, so it's really only two. Two. <laughs> I think, uh, so we, we have our true fan tier capped at 1,000. So this is this is the most intimate gathering that we have. We, every month that we do Ask the Minimalist Anything, this is episode 26 of that. Ask the Minimalist Anything 26. And our first question. Oh, by the way, we're here with Jamie Kilstein. Hello. From the Jamie Kilstein Thanks podcast. For us. Thanks yes. for being here. This is like a, a marathon. It's been great, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and not only that, what we didn't say on the last episode is we talked about my relationship for like a half an hour before we went up on the air. Yeah. And we were all like by the mics, too. So it was essentially like me getting an intervention. It was, yeah. So we've been <laughs> we've been at this table for a while. Yeah, man. We have indeed. And we have some questions from our audience today. Check out Jamie, by the way, uh, Jamie Kilstein podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. He does a daily political podcast, but it's really a comedy podcast that... <laughs> Uh, tackles the sort of politics of the day from the center. Uh, it's, a, it's a podcast for the tribeless. And uh, you can also support him on Patreon, patreon.com slash Jamie Kilstein podcast. We, the minimalists, are Patreon supporters oh. of the Jamie Kilstein podcast. Yeah. Our first question today is from Brandy. She says, how do you convince your spouse that moving would be best for your family in terms of better jobs, better schoolwork, and better quality of life in general. Is it okay to move even if you're in debt? If you find a higher paying job that you can that can help pay you help you pay off your debt even faster? Hmm. Well, those are two separate questions. That that last one is is easy. Yeah, I mean, if it's going to help you pay off your debt faster, then it's a it's a bad financial decision not to move. Now, there might be other factors in actually moving. Jamie Kilstein just moved to Tucson a couple months ago. Yeah. With Produce a girlfriend, Emma. Yeah. And uh, let's talk about that. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, yeah, I think a lot of times, look, the best things that have happened in my life <clears throat> were the based off the scariest decisions I ever made. Mm. So I consider dropping out of high school one of the best things I, I ever did. I consider uh, living in my car for two years being one of the best things I ever did. Uh, now, Brandy might be like, cool, I'm not listening to your advice. But what I mean by that is that taking those chances and those risks in the pursuit of something greater than that um, paid off. I wouldn't have been a successful comedian. I wouldn't have been on TV if I didn't drop out of high school, but then I started comedy right away at 17. I didn't drop out of high school just to fuck off. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I was living out of my car, it was because I was doing little gigs uh, until I got discovered and eventually got discovered in Albuquerque, New Mexico during a snowstorm somehow, right? Like those things wouldn't have happened if I didn't do the scary thing, if I just stayed complacent and stayed still. Uh, A lot of times we fear doing the scary thing when in reality, what we don't realize is the scariest thing is the status quo. The scariest thing is staying still in a life you're clearly not happy with. That is scarier than taking a risk. Um, But we are trained in the society that the risk is the scary thing and just to stay complacent um, is, is the move. So it clearly sounds like for pragmatic and for other reasons, she wants to do it. Um, The thing you and I talked about when you were moving to Tucson, uh, the thing that I was trying to tell you is like, by the way, it's, it's, it's always temporary. And the worst case scenario, I don't know where Brandy lives, 
But when Ryan and I moved from Dayton, Ohio to Missoula, Montana, actually it wasn't even Missoula, it was Phillipsburg. We, we, we lived in the middle of nowhere. It was a four-month four experiment. And knowing that in four months, we might move back to Dayton, we might move somewhere else. Yeah. And we had other cities on the list. Boise was one we thought about, Salt Lake City. Tucson was one that we thought about. Yeah. Knowing that it's temporary, you might sign a one-year lease, or you might buy a house, but everything on a long enough timeline is temporary. You can always move back. I mean, that, yeah, that's what we did. And not to everyone shut up and don't talk to my girlfriend about this, but like, you know, uh, Emma and I are having some like back and forth issues right now. And we both support the shit out of each other, no matter what happens. And we were talking about this, that if I end up back in Los Angeles, if she stays in Tucson, if I stay in Tucson, if she goes back with her family we both are better people with better lives for having gone to tucson mm. and for having tried something different and for giving the relationship one more stand and and removing me from uh the toxic entertainment world of los angeles and removing her from this monotonous nine to five job that now she realizes she's better than right and if that's what tucson gave us fucking worth it you know, totally worth it. Um, and the thing with, you know, it's funny. We had a relationship moving question uh, the first time I was on the show. The thing with talking to your spouse is if he's scared because he thinks that, uh, you know, it's going to wreck the family or put you guys in more debt, then you just got to have a pragmatic conversation about why you think this will be better in the long run. But... Um, if this is just one of those issues where you're like, I need to do something for my happiness and he's not budging for other reasons, I think there's probably a deeper conversation to be had. Totally without, agree. You know? Yeah. I think, Brandy, you gotta get you gotta you and your husband have to get clear on what what is the fear that is holding your family back from creating a better life for itself. Because her question, the way I the way I heard it was there's this better life waiting, but she can't talk she can't get her husband to see what that better life is. So there's some there's something that her husband's scared about. Here's the thing is we love certainty. We love security. And right now, Brandy's husband feels secure and feels certain with the life he has, even though maybe a worse life. Yeah. And that's what's so messed up. That happens to so many people. It's like, it's like I, I have family members who they will self-sabotage because when something is going good in their life, they will self-sabotage because they at least know where that's that sabotage is going to bring them. I've Even, done that. You recognize the yeah, feeling. You're yeah. like, uh, you're like, why am I getting jealous of my girlfriend when she's not doing anything? You're like, oh, because this is the pattern that I had when I was a kid, and I recognize that like nervous feeling in my stomach, and I don't like it, but it's familiar, and mm -hmm. we love, uh, we love things that are familiar. I mean, I would, I would also examine, because here's the thing. So it could be that, uh, and something really cool that Emma did when she left her job. Um, you know, it was funny. She was so scared to leave her job and like she still had two roommates. It wasn't even like she sold out mm. and she was like the head of Goldman Sachs and I was like, come be an artist with me. She was like <laughs> living a shitty life um, for a sellout job yeah. and, and and was still so scared to leave and everyone who worked with her was like, are you sure? Like, maybe you shouldn't leave. And these were all also people who like didn't have passion, who would drink in the office. Like, they were all kind of holding each other back. So it is hard. The only thing I would kind of wonder is if my wife or husband was like, hey, I know how to get us out of debt. Uh, all we got to do is like move. I'd be like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Mm -hmm. um, 
I wonder if there's some deeper stuff there because the financial thing came at the end. Like, do you also want to move because like the relationship is in a weird place and you're trying to save it? Um, Is there something he's scared of that doesn't have to do with money where it's like, you know, like, what's the job? Are you like, you know, we'll be able to get out of debt because I'll be a high paid escort in New York. Like, why is he scared? besides just the generic reasons is there a deeper reason in which case when i'm not saying she's wrong but when you approach it with him you can't just be like it's just about money if he's scared that he's gonna lose you for example uh during the move you need to figure out like why is he scared and then that has to be the conversation you know i think all this said too like brandy you don't want to talk your husband into anything like if you got to talk him into something like that's probably not going to end well oh that's what i'm going through so (laughs) Uh, yeah, that's a great point. Everything that we're talking about, I mean, because there's some nuance here that we we don't know. Um, you've got to get clear on the details that we've been talking about the last you know seven or eight minutes, uh, and you've got to you've got to help your husband see the plan that you see, and then you guys have to come to an agreement on why you should move. But yes. Brandy, uh, uh, there's nothing Josh or I are going to say, and even even if I had the answer, I'd be like, oh, you could you could use this one simple trick to talk your husband into moving to a new city. There's an app. Yeah, I wouldn't even give that simple trick to you because like you don't want to talk your husband into anything. Because right? then he'll resent you too. Yep. Yeah. You do, absolutely. however, want to show him the benefits. Uh, and so right now he understands the benefits of the certainty and the mm-hmm. comfort that Ryan talked about. He does not understand the benefits of growth that he might experience from this new place. I will, however, say that geography will not fix a relationship. It may temporarily, it's like having a baby and buying a new house isn't gonna fix a relationship right. for you either. Mm. In fact, it will. It could off, It could obviously just com, uh, complect, add additional complexity to the relationship. So the question now is, Brandy, are you and your husband, or both, both of you, uh, or either one of you, are you running away from something? And, and if so, then moving is probably not the right, uh, the right thing to do. However, if you're running towards something, if you're moving to Tucson because the new job opportunity is going to uh, align with your passions, it's going to align with the future version of yourself, the person you want to be, it's going to help you get out of debt, then show your husband those benefits and run toward it. But if you're running away from something, you need to deal with those problems before you run. I mean, fuck it. I'll say it. That's what we did. Like we weren't going to survive in LA. Mm. Um, Like we had a, we fell hard in love and then we had a a really rough patch and a lot of it had to do with LA. And she was like, do you want to get the fuck out of here? And the good news is both of us had reasons outside of the relationship that leaving Los Angeles would help us, right? Like what I talked about before, me being in the toxic entertainment, her being in the shitty job or whatever. So because we each had individual reasons, if we break up, we're both gonna be better for it. If she's dragging this dude along, like I can say that like Tucson didn't save our relationship. It put us both in a better spot. And because we were both in a better spot, our relationship got better for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, we are happier as individuals. It is just a better living space for us. But if one of us was like Brandy's husband, if I just didn't want to go to Tucson and I only went to save this relationship that was kind of dying anyway, mm-hmm. uh, now I'm pissed because now I don't have anything. I'm resentful and the relationship's not fixed. Um, you know, when we got there, what we realized was 
you know, location wasn't great for us. Tucson's better than Los Angeles. But now we're confronting sort of the deeper issues yeah. um, that were hurting the relationship. We're just doing it uh, for a lot cheaper in Tucson. <laughs> yeah, Tucson's a great place, by the way. Angie has a question. My 13-year-old, she'll be uh, 14 in December. Watch your documentary a couple, uh, a couple of weeks as a part, I guess a couple of weeks ago, as a part of my journey to show my family the changes I am making. She was really interested in the parts around fast fashion. Mm. What would you advise as a good starting point for her to find out more? Um, well, Andrew Morgan's documentary, The True Cost, is the first place I'm going to go. Yeah. With with respect to it's fast mostly fashion. about fashion, right? Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, yeah. the whole the whole documentary is is essentially about the the true cost of of the goods, mainly. The so now we're we're in this we're in this weird cycle. Jamie, you may not know a whole lot about this, but there are now fifty two seasons a year for these fast fashion retailers. Uh, no, places, I do. But mm. places like H and M or whatever, and and they will burn clothes as as opposed to reusing them, recycling them, donating them to people because they don't want people they don't want lesser people to wear their fancy yep. clothes. No, I learned this from you guys. So, so, it's so evil. <laughs> I, yeah, I think that's, that's probably the, the best place to turn. Um, but as opposed to uh, the thing that really stood out to me, we, we just uh, had a conversation with Tara Button from buymeonce.com. Which, that was the second resource I was going to say. Yeah. When the other, uh, the other resource that I was going to say, so buymeonce.com and then, um, uh, Amy Cadwell, Amy Ann Cadwell, uh, the good trade. Mm. We had her on the podcast. Oh, yeah. And, um, she her website is all about eschewing fast fashion and and being sustainable we did a sustainability podcast with her so check out the podcast we did with her check out the one we have coming out with tara button check out thegoodtrade.com check out andrew morgan's documentary it's called the true cost and then check out um buymeonce.com but the thing that tara button said to me that was really profound and i'm going to use this in other areas of my life too so only wear it if you would wear it, you know, during the if you were in what was the movie? It's not I Robot. I uh, I am I legend. legend. Yeah. yeah. I, you remember Will Smith and I am legend like yeah. all the monsters are chasing him or whatever. Like you're not going to put on your like, oh, I'm going to put on my Brooks Brothers suit today. Yeah, dude, I'm a 37-year-old guy and we were in Sedona and I wore like tight black uh, like hipster pre-ripped jeans uh -huh. I couldn't hike up half the shit <laughs> and like I'm an athletic dude like I like fight like the next day I wore sweats and I was like leaping from rocks and all this stuff but I'm like literally ruined an entire day in Sedona just because I was like I, I didn't have functional I was just mm. like I treated myself when I like got a little money where I'm like I need one nice pair of pants and then I wore it like an idiot there and I was like yeah I literally can't walk up there Um, my only advice uh, is appreciate that you have a dope kiddo like yeah. a 14 year old who's Amen. like asking those questions like oh way so ahead cool. of the game yeah. yeah marty says what do you think the most effective way to create positive change in our country is Ooh, it's okay so we were just talking about this on the maximal episode yeah so this will actually come out before that maximal episode comes out so get ready so yeah when yeah, you when you hear the, when we you talk hear a lot the, about politics yeah when you hear the buddha judge episode uh come out yeah look for that maximal episode but i think i touched on it when i was talking about how i just want to throw my hands in the air and contribute to my community and to the people closest around me, whether it's my friends, family, or my neighbors, or, or people in my community who need the help. Like that's the best way you're going to create change in this country. It is not by going to Twitter, which, by the way, I meant to cover this on the Maximal episode. Yeah, the, Twitter 
and Facebook, the news, it's a fake world. It is a. Dude, it does not exist outside of there. It doesn't exist outside of you there. You go ask anybody about the trending topics, just like at the deli, they're going to be like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's all. <laughs> it's so hyperbolic that it gets people so worked up that uh, it's it's actually it actually does the opposite of what people think it does. So yep. um, I guess that's just my long winded way of saying, don't go to Twitter to change the country. Don't go to Facebook to change the country. Go bake your neighbor a pie. Do you know your neighbor? If not, then go get to know your neighbor. Do you know the 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 community? Uh, do you know the issues that your community faces on a daily, on a monthly, on a yearly basis? Go find out what those issues are and see how you can help. Like that is how you're going to bring the country together. Is when you can get individuals contributing toward their community. Like that. I mean, I don't know of any better way. No, that- there, there are local groups, local organizations. You know, it might be a part of a uh, a connect group at yeah. your local church. It could be a meetup.com group. It could be a minimalist.org group that is local. You can actually use some of these tools like Facebook or Twitter. Like Jamie and I connected on Twitter. Yeah. That's an important first step. Mm-hmm. But when you live in that world, and I think that's what Ryan is getting at there. Like if we just want to go live there, it's not a place of growth. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the first step towards something. I love what Ryan said about throwing my hands up but then contributing to my community and so the irony of that the beautiful part of that is that is the least throwing your hands up thing you can do because what he did is that he threw his hands i'm fed up with the whole the um the the tyranny of uh of this this chart we were going over of of uh the political rhetoric right yeah. the, and so threw his hands up to that and instead got his hands dirty. Yeah. Did I tell you I contacted you on Twitter because I was trying to impress a girl I was sleeping with? Uh, <laughs> That's why I started listening to the podcast. She showed me the documentary and I was like, oh, me and this guy got some mutual friends. I'm like, I bet I could fucking make this happen. That's awesome. Uh, That's awesome. And then I became legitimate fans. And then we became uh, legitimate friends. That's so um, So, yeah. Um, I, I, I said a lot about it on the 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 other episode, so I don't want to get redundant. It'll be uh, out next Thursday yeah. for those of you listen to this. But I, I, I will say, um, obviously, when it comes to politics, yeah, local is where you can really affect change, especially when you feel helpless in the bigger picture. But just to get even cheesier, we are so divided right now that I cannot tell you how happy I am when like a stranger offers to help me or I've had cashiers be like, Hey man, it was like legitimately nice talking to you. Thank you for like not being on your like fucking phone and just like connecting with people. And then that guy's going to go make someone else's day. And then that person's going to go make someone else's day. And it's just, don't be a dick. Like you can just walk around and <laughs> not a, be a dick. You're going to make a shirt of that. Aren't you? I should. Please? Don't be I a should. dick. I, I, I sign I, off on my <laughs> podcast, go outside and don't be a dick. That's yeah, like my tagline. I love that. Dude. Um, but it's, but it's true. And and take care of yourself too. That's another thing. So many times where I'm trying to think of things I like didn't say on the episode, if this sounds weird, but it is true where the times I'm lashing out on Twitter or the times I'm pissed off or the times I'm, you know, being selfish in my relationship, uh, usually are times I'm not taking care of myself and I'm eating shitty and I'm not going to the gym. And if you can be a little selfish, that enables you to be selfless, right? If you can be, uh, if you can spend that time making yourself a better person, taking an hour to read a book in the morning instead of jumping on your phone or to meditate or do yoga or whatever, um, you're going to be in a way better place and you're going to walk confidently with your head up and you're going to see the person who needs help with their groceries or you're going to, um, you know, play with the dog who's walking by you or whatever. Um, and it really helps, man. It, 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 
it, it, it helps a lot. And yeah. I know politics seems helpless. Oh, and then the other thing I was going to say is when you do make your, your neighbor a pie or when you do uh, talk to the cashier or whatever, a lot of times that actually opens the door to then have like a meaningful conversation about politics where you can actually change someone's mind instead of just yell at them about why they're wrong. Yeah. And then maybe they vote differently. You know? Absolutely. You know, it's I, it, the cliche came to my mind where it's be the change that you want to see in the world. Mm. Yep. And I hate that that is like... The worst. It's this trite... They've turned it into a, you know... A successories poster. It's like a Comic Sans <laughs> successory poster to where now you hear that and you're like, oh, be the change you want to be yeah, in the world. Yeah, yeah. But like, it, it is true. It's like... If, politicians saying that who are like bombing other countries yeah. and they're like, you fucking liars. Like if... But, yeah. yeah. No, but it's it so is tr- true. It is true. It's like if you want to change the country, like you've, you've got to be the example and in order to be the example, yeah, you got to take care of yourself. You got to take care of others, and that's yeah, yeah. yeah be that's brave. Be confident. Yeah. Be nice. Connor says, "Can you give us more details on your new book and your new documentary?" Looking forward to both. Um, Ryan, you want to talk talk about the documentary since we're working on that first? I kind of want to talk about the book. You talk about the documentary. All right, well, I want to talk about the first line of the book. So you- <laughs> Well, guys, let's talk about my podcast. It's the Jamie Kilstein podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Follow me on Twitter and Instagram. No, we cannot talk about our book or documentary. We're going to talk about Jamie Kilstein's podcast. Um, yeah, sure. Go, go, go for it, man. Uh, well, I'll, yeah, I'll talk about the documentary. The documentary is called Less Is Now. It's uh, with Netflix. We're working on it right now. Matt Diavella is directing it. And it is a prequel to our previous documentary. Yeah. Oh, cool. It's the first ever prequel. Uh, have you ever seen a prequel, a prequel to, to a, a documentary? documentary? No, no, this is incredible. <laughs> And it is actually, we're calling it a docu-special. Mm. And so, because it is one part stand-up comedy special without comedy, and then uh, one part documentary. furious if you use comics that weren't me. <laughs> furious. <laughs> well, it's us. We're, we're the comics yeah, so, without good. the comedy. That's yeah, good. this is the, uh, our last documentary was not the Josh and Ryan show. But this is the Josh and Ryan show. So, so excited! It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's uh, it really goes back into um, we. There are some reenactments in it, so of of younger us, you know, me and Ryan at the the lunch table in high school, and uh, also just everything that led us up toward minimalism, and and the events that that led us toward minimalism, and and documenting that, but also documenting what's going on in our consumer culture you know there's sort of and, and there's also a digital minimalism element to it as well so the the documentary should be out next year on netflix in uh, 2020 and uh when exactly i don't know i know when it's due but then we'll have to work on getting it out there into the world we've been working on it since uh, beginning of 2017 so uh, that's when we started filming the beginning of it. In fact, we finished it twice at this point, <laughs> Great. and it has not been what we wanted. And so we went to Netflix and said, hey, can you give us some money so we can make this what we want? That's the best helpless feeling, by the way. Like b- looking at like this baby that <laughs> we created, well, really, that Matt Diavella created, and you're, it's like it's helpless because you're like, we can't put this out. Like this is not yeah. – this doesn't meet our standards, but it's like the best feeling because – Josh and I are willing to walk away from anything. It's the best. And being able to just like walk away from it and be it's like, oh, we, we got to go ask Netflix for help because... It's such a superpower. Yeah, it yeah, really being, is, being man. I, to walk I, away. I, I'm really trying to... That, that's the lesson that I'm trying to take out of uh, this podcast, but also like what we were talking about before the show and stuff mm-hmm. like that is just having the... And again, it goes back to confidence, right? Like that confidence and that bravery just to be like, I'm going to be all right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I feel like that that's actually why my comedy's gotten better is leaving LA... And getting out, like I'm just doing it for me. 
Mm. I think my podcast in the last couple of weeks has gotten better because I've stopped thinking about who's going to get upset if I say this, mm. or is the new Republican going to leave if I do this, or is the Democrat going to be offended if I say this word even while being liberal? And I've just like been uh, way more unfiltered, and goddamn, it's been so much more fun mm. uh, and freeing. And yeah, that happens in your life too, you yeah. know. Like uh, so, yeah, that's kind of my my mantra that I will be yeah. meditating on today. Josh, uh, all right, say the first line of the book. It's a great segue into what I want to talk about with the book. So our next book is called Love People, Use Things. It By the time it comes out in 2021, it will have been... So we, we finished our last book, Everything That Remains. Uh, the first draft of this was written... I'm holding up for the camera here, if you're watching on video. Uh, the first draft of this was written in 2012 it came out in 2014 but the first draft of this thing was written we were in that cabin in the middle of nowhere Mm -hmm. 2012 and so it'll be almost a decade between books strangely um and this book is called love people use things it's a relationship book but not a traditional relationship book i'll let ryan talk about some of the relationships in there but the the first relationship is our relationship with the truth. And so the first line of the book is from my perspective. And it is, I cheated on my wife the day after my mother died of cancer. Who among us <laughs> hasn't done that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so we talk about some some pretty deep truths uh, that we haven't talked about before. Yeah. Well, Do, here's, oh. here's what I like about the book. Um, people will ask me, they're like, Ryan, I get the minimalist thing. I understand, you know, I, I, I don't want to, you know, be this multimillionaire and uh, I, I don't want to just pursue money and I don't want to just pursue things. I want to pursue a meaningful life, but I still have the urge. Mm. Like I still want to, I do want to try it out though. And how do I ignore that feeling mm. of wanting to have it all? And I think what this book does, because it goes through these different relationships, whether it's finances, whether it's with truth whether it's with technology, we go into depth with, with these relationships we have in our lives that, uh, that do totally speak to and create these impulses. And this book, I feel like, is actually going to help answer that question. Because I tip, I mean, well, first off, there isn't a one-line answer that's going to be like, well, do this one thing and you're not going to want to be rich anymore. Or right. do this one thing and you're not going to want the latest iPhone anymore. Or yeah. do this one thing you're not going to want a nice car and a big house. find an ayahuasca shaman in Peru. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and even, yeah, even that is like, it's a temporary fix. But like the, uh, the book that we are writing, I think does get to the core of, of each of these relationships that do affect the impulses we have in our life. So that's why I, that's why I look forward to putting this book out there because when someone asks me that asks me that question, I'm going to be like, look, I don't have a simple answer for you, but I've got a book yeah. that will help you deal with not just the stuff, but also deal with these lies that you're telling yourself mm-hmm. when yeah. it comes to the stuff. Uh, the the uh, the way technology affects your life, um, that is... And gets in the way of your creativity. Yeah, yeah, oh. exactly. Uh, I have a couple of things. Number one, I bought that book uh, and, all, and I'm poor that's how much i love you guys Thanks, we're like everything that remains yeah whenever my oh. friends uh whenever my friends uh like put something out i was just like yeah, i fucking better be getting a free copy of that because daddy got no money um <laughs> but yeah i support the shit out of it so i'm so excited about this new book so that um one people missed my sincere reaction on the last episode when you read that first line and i think i gasped um i think that that line stands for something so i did um you guys know like the on it 
dudes like Aubrey Marcus yeah. and yeah. Uh, I, I did Kyle Kingsbury's podcast yesterday and we were cool. talking about just being open uh, with like our fuck ups and our mistakes and this probably ties into a lot of the cancel culture stuff we also talked about but I think that is also another superpower and I think that's literally one of the keys to leading a fulfilling life is we spend so much time trying to like cover up or blame others or excuse our shitty behavior. And when you can realize when we're not just screaming about why celebrities are problematic, but when you can realize why you're problematic, why everyone's problematic, why maybe you're the reason that you and your girlfriend are fighting and it's not her fault or it's not the way you were raised or or whatever, when you can be honest with yourself and your goal is just to get better, um, holy shit. I mean, your life gets, this has been circumstantially some of the worst years of my life and like mentally and like me as a human, uh, some of the best. Just because I'm like, what did I fuck up or what can I get better at? Or, and I just call myself out on my shit and without being self-hating and, uh, really, really, uh, empowering and important. And then what I was going to say, I was going to say something about, um, uh, what you were saying, oh, uh, with the book, when you were when you were talking about, you know, having that answer for people who want everything. I mean, I know you guys have probably given a million examples, but just personally me, when I was in the miserable relationship and doing a show I wasn't happy with and didn't really have friends and I became the cliche I made fun of where it was the first time I had money and it wasn't, I think sometimes when people hear, you know, you, you hear about the rich people or whatever, you think like, oh, well, I don't want to be that person because I'm not a selfish asshole, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm not a selfish asshole, and I became that person because I was sad. So sometimes we don't realize that we're doing it. So I bought a Pac-Man machine for fucking three grand that I never played, not because... I'm like, fuck you, poor people, like, mm. or that. Like, I was also donating to charity and shit like that. I bought it because that put out the image of who I wanted to be that I wasn't. Mm. I want to be the cool fucking dude oh. who lives in Park Slope and has a Pac-Man machine. So when people come over, instead of going, hey, what's going on with this failed marriage? They go, hey, look at the Pac-Man machine. That's pretty mm. cool. Um, and I could be the idea of a rich person that I had when I was like a kid, right? Like the cool, successful guy. Um. And it just made everything worse. Mm. Um, it just was like more shit to get rid of during the divorce. And no one wanted to buy a Pac-Man machine because people weren't as dumb as I was. Um, and then I can tell you whether it's with my my comedy. So same with comedy, right? With comedy, I started to get impatient where I had this year I was very successful and agents were fighting over me and I was getting on TV and stuff. But then I got impatient because I was like, people are going to think I'm a fraud and it's going to go away. So I was like, why can't we get this sooner? Why don't I have a special? And I, I, I sabotaged my own career, whereas now I lost everything. And now I'm happy to go on stage at an open mic because I get to try a new joke because I'm excited about the art and I'm not thinking about when am I going to get my Netflix special? When I, that stuff will come. Um, but I'm enjoying comedy so much more. Just like now I have a one bedroom place instead of a four bedroom place on Prospect Park. And every little thing from like being able to like look at the stars to like um, uh, the way the grass smells. I'm noticing these things that I never noticed in my fancy apartment just because I'm actually happy and and I don't need as much. So like he could get all that stuff, but like not going to fix, not going to fix shit, yeah. you know? And you can also still want to be successful and take care of your family without wanting to be like a Scrooge McDuck type character, you know? Yeah. You did just make me think of a one-liner, though. It's like something like, uh, 
the sooner you can let go of those impulses, Mm -hmm. the sooner you can like truly love life. Yeah. Well, that's what I was at. Like I had to rock bottom to discover all that stuff. If people could do that without rock bottoming and just appreciate what they have or, you know, whatever, then you're good. But you also have to think about the reasons you do want that stuff Mm -hmm. are the reasons because it'll fix things that you should be fixing yourself. It'll give you more confidence. It'll be, uh, you know, people are like, well, I'd I'd quit drinking, but that's when I get confident. It's like, well, why don't you just be confident? Why don't you just work on that instead of these like duct tape solutions that are gonna burst at the seams and leave you with a fucking Pac-Man machine you can't get rid of. All right, true fans, we are out of time. I wanna encourage you to check out Jamie Kilstein. His podcast is called The Jamie Kilstein Podcast. And it's also on Patreon if you want to support him. We support him. Jamie Kilstein Podcast. Well, patreon.com slash Jamie Kilstein Podcast. Jamie, thank you for being here today. I love you guys a lot. Love you too, man. We love you. Love people use things. We love you, true fans. Goodbye. The Minimalists.